This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Ooh, such a solid weekend for basketball. We finally saw the return of the Cavs, or a, a better-looking team at that, and the Chef Curry is back. We're going to talk about it. Stick with us. We've got that coming up right after this. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. I get the skirt when I want. I get the skirt when I want. Okay, J. Cole. The vibe. We've both been, like, vibing hard mm-hmm. to this. We were like, what song are we going to start with? And we both were like, Kevin's Look at each other. Yeah. Cole. Cole. Definitely. A little bit of KOD. Yeah. And we, we've said this before on our show. The NBA's been showing Cole mad love. Mm-hmm. Playing his songs throughout all the commercials and different yeah. promos. I love it. Yeah. Cole and some Cardi B, too. And some Cardi B. Yeah, and some Cardi B. A little something for everybody. <laughs> so, we threw some, Car- we threw some Cardi B in here one time. We'll, we'll I'm get pretty sure. Cardi beyond we'll get one more. It's, it's Cole's time now. <laughs> well, tonight, guys, welcome to our NBA Weekly Show here on AfterBuzz TV. Um, I'm your host, Christine Alexis. You guys know me. And tonight, I'm joined by David. David H. Bloom. Mm-hmm, that's right. David H. Bloom, Instagram, Twitter. Go find it out. It's convenient. We got a... It's just us tonight, just isn't us. it? It's just us. Yeah, just me and it you. It is. Our two, uh, our two co-hosts, Evan and Monty, uh, couldn't be here tonight, but... It's going to be you and me. We're rocking it out tonight. Yeah, talking some conference finals. Yeah, conference finals time. Thanks to everyone who's in the chat right now. I'm about to pull it up. If you're there, what's up? Sorry for the slightly late start tonight, but we're here. We're going to talk. Like I was saying, oh, there's four people watching this. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. All right. We're we're all set up. We're good to go. We're ready to go. (laughs) Yes. Um, So like I was saying, this was a fun weekend. Um, Great, yeah. I'm ha- I'm very pleased, obviously, with today's game. Of course, Warriors which, fan, Warriors fan. I I I'd be like lying if I didn't start this uh, this episode off with how happy I am. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can see it if you're watching by the smile on my face. Um, it's so good to see Steph Curry finally show I mean, up. Tonight. I mean, he is back. He scored what like 35. He's back. Got like 20 of those, like in the third and the fourth. He put on like a real show tonight. He did. It was vintage Curry, and it I was. was I was here for it. I don't... It's fun to watch. I'm a Clippers fan, and I, I can't... I just can't wholeheartedly support the Warriors, but it's fun to watch. It Curry's is. just a fun player to watch. The way he can get around, like, screens and players and just... There was this one play a couple of years ago where he was playing against the Clippers, and I know this play in my memory. One, because it's kind of scarred in there, and two, because the Clippers were wearing their old light blue jerseys. I, I know this play. You know if... She knows this play. If anyone remembers those jerseys, like... You're a Clippers fan. You were a real one. Those were some. I have one. I got my my Blake one. 
We won't talk about that. But he takes it. He dribbles through, like, Spencer Hawes and, like, CP. He's dribbling through now. Yeah. And hits this, like, turnaround, top of the key three. That's when you knew watching a Clippers-Warriors game, watching an anyone-Warriors game, that Seth Curry was just going to take your heart right out of your chest. Yeah, and Steph's always due for a good game like that, and we got we finally got one from him today. But um, let's let's shift gears and talk about this. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Rockets we're gonna game talk first. about this Rockets yes. Warriors game first because I think we have to. It was tonight. The Rockets took an outstanding win. What was it? One twenty six eighty five. One twenty six eighty five. It was a huge blowout God. win. Were you expecting this blowout for Game Three with them coming back home? To Oracle after stealing one on the road, like what were your expectations going into it? Because I I saw this coming. I I want to say that I saw this coming, but I but I had a little bit more faith in the Rockets after that last showing. I mean, I know it's Oracle. Hell, I've been there. It's a crazy. I've been there to. for a playoff game a couple of years ago. The intensity in that stadium, it's like a whole nother world. Like. It's I, I highly recommend it. If you can get the money to go sit up way in the nosebleeds at Oracle, <laughs> then please do. But I expected, because you know the last game, yeah. Harden showed up, Eric Gordon showed up, CP showed up. I was expecting something like that. I mean, CP had the lockdown on Curry, Clay wasn't doing much, even KD wasn't doing much. But I mean, he, was, he did enough, but like it wasn't enough, you know? Right. And I- then... Go I mean, the, the game to me, I mean, I expected a big win from the Warriors. I didn't expect it to be a 41-point win, but I did expect them to come out with Oracle behind them, Steph being due for a good game after shooting, you know, so poorly these last few. I was like, there's there's so many elements kind of coming to a head here. We have to see a good game from the Warriors. And they have to defend their their home court. So I, I expected a good win. But, I mean, in the beginning of the game, it was relatively close at it first. It was close. It was around around the 20-point marker in, like, the first, second quarters. It was a close game. And then slowly you just saw, you just saw it. The Warriors would go up by 10. The Rockets would not close back. They'd go up by just a little bit more. They'd be up by, like, 15. Then all you know, they're up by 20. Right. I mean, they close it out. You said the half. They close it out. Earlier you said uh, it came it relatively was, single digits. Yeah. Close to there. But then eventually in the third and fourth quarter, I mean, Curry... You know, we just lit up and just took that team. Just they just took that lead and they ran. Right. And they they ran. That is a that is a huge. They ran. They ran away with it. Well, that's what we're we're accustomed to seeing from the Warriors in the third quarter. But even b- before getting to that point, it was like for as bad as the Rockets were playing, they had what five early turnovers. The Warriors were picking their pocket on almost every other play, getting steals and points off of turnovers. They still were hanging in by single digits at the half. So. I, for them to come out and play so poorly in the third, I was like, man, mm-hmm. they, they, the Warriors demoralized them that quarter. And Steph Curry finally finding his rhythm, you could just feel it. Like I was watching, I was like, oh wait, 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 yeah. this is this is what's about to happen right now. Um, I, if you guys follow me on Twitter, you'll see I actually. <laughs> Like, seconds before that started happening, I was like, man, is Steph ever going to get going offensively? And, like, immediately... Willed it. Ate my words. Willed it to happen. I willed it to happen. Mm -hmm. But, I mean... Um, He went, like, seven for seven. It was sick. When Steph gets going, Steph is one of those players that... He's so good that when he gets going, you can't stop him. Theoretically, it feels like he could take a 30-foot pull-up and he's just going to drain it. Yeah. It's just mind-boggling to watch how... Because he doesn't just do it with the three ball. He can dribble past you, cross you up, break your ankles. Right. Like, that is Steph basketball. And the layups. Steph Curry has one of the most underrated floater games in the entire NBA. And I think probably akin to 
who like Tony Parker back in the day. Yeah. He has one of the best floaters. Like, you know, you know the typical Curry shot. You throw it way up into the air mm-hmm. and you just kind of let the that ball shot. go right back down in. That's right. because he can do that. Physically, he can do that. That takes a whole nother skill level to be able to hit these finger roll layups like that. Yeah, and we kind of saw him put that on display in this game at first when, you know, because he, I think there was one um, sequence where he missed a wide open uh, three, you know, Clay rebounded it, gave it to him again in the corner, he missed it again, and you could just see his body language kind of drop, like he was just mm-hmm. like, really? Like, and that's the first time I really started to see it get to him, because, you know, shoot or shoot, he's eventually going to yeah. catch up, but that's when I saw it, like, kind of get to him, and he was able to, you know use his floater and find points other ways. And, you know, Draymond Green was able to get him going. People were still feeding him the ball. To, that eventually, I think, led to that outburst. And once you see that three go in at once or twice, it was he was on a roll, and that was really mm-hmm. where, it, where it was at. Um, one thing I liked about this game, too, is I like that Steve Kerr made the adjustment to go to Jordan Bell in this series. Yeah. Which I thought after seeing game two, considering how... Because game two of this series... The Rockets were were playing a lot more poised than the Warriors were. That's why they were able to get that win. And yes. I actually expected game one and two to go the opposite way. Really? You expected the Rockets to take the first one? I did, because it was their first game at home, and I expected a big showing from them. And the Warriors really dominated and played their style. And then game two, we saw like a really good effort from the Rockets to kind of defend their their home court. So mm-hmm. going, you know, I I just didn't see it going that way, but for the Warriors to come back home now and take this kind of commanding lead, I mean, is it bold for me to say that I feel like, like, I, I want to see this series go six games, not more, but I, I mean, after seeing Curry go off tonight, I feel like they're, they've found a way to keep this going, and it's it's a done deal. Think they're taking the next two? Yeah, I see them taking the next, well, maybe... I see them taking the next one. Well, it's one. It's one more in the Bay Area, right. and then they go. They go. They, back yeah, they go back. Stuff. That's how the playoff format works. Now you go back, and then you go um, five, six, and seven. You go back and back and back. Right. Do you think they're going to take that one in Houston, though? That's the thing. That's yeah. That's going to be tough. I feel like those road games have really been KD's time to shine. And lately, the Warriors, I mean, you could argue that they've been getting too comfortable a little bit with running the ISO through KD. Sometimes when, you know, when Steph was struggling, going like 1 of 18 mm-hmm. or whatever, the the offense was being run primarily through KD. So I feel like in a situation like that on the road, that would be KD's time. But now that Steph's going, it's like... When you, have, either way. when you have Steph and KD going, like you're gonna start winning some games. Yeah, it's it's common sense at that point. Yeah, um, I I mean it, it was a minor issue I think, but uh, towards the end of game two, I don't know if you noticed, uh, Chris Paul was getting treatment on his ankle on the sidelines, and there was a small story of how that would be affecting him going into this game, but he was fine. He played through it. But I'm curious if that'll come back up later. As part of the narrative, if they don't win this series, that maybe he was mm. struggling with a lingering injury. Because if it goes the opposite way and the Warriors lose for some reason, people can make that same argument about Steph. Like, oh, yeah, they can he say, wasn't oh. completely healthy. So what are your thoughts on that? Like, <sighs> just like it's just it's just human nature to find a scapegoat. Yeah, honestly, it's true. It's the reason Dwayne Casey was fired like a week or two ago because they got swept and they're like, oh, might as well just hold on. Let me just. You, Dwayne Casey, come here. You're fired. Like, it, that's not the case at all. He definitely coached a great team, but he 
he just the team didn't produce for him, so they said, "All right, bye." When the Rock, okay, that's harsh. But when the Rockets lose this series, I'm pretty sure they're probably going to turn to say, "Oh, you know, Chris Paul's ankle," and they're going to turn the blame not onto him, but they're going to find an excuse for they lost, and they're going to use like his ankle almost as like a scapegoat. Like that's where they're putting all the blame. Even more than just his ankle, I mean, James Harden as well, the face of this team, leading candidate for MVP this year. I mean, what does this do for his legacy and his, like, clout in the NBA if they fall in this series? Because, I, you know, Russell Westbrook, won, we were talking about this, won the MVP over him. And I feel like he, a lot of people feel like this is his year to win it, finally, mm-hmm, um, after sure. being snubbed two other times before. So for for him to, you know, possibly win it at the end of this season and then f- lose to the Warriors, do you think... Like, like how how does that affect? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it affects it a lot, really, because think about it. He had a great regular, amazing, just an amazing. I, I can't even put into words how great of an ISO player he is and how great of a regular season he had. I mean, he took this Rockets team that they work as a unit so well. And I think D'Antoni coaches them amazingly with their offense. Yeah, but it's Harden. It's Chris Paul, who also, you thought at the beginning of the season, they'd have that fight for, like, oh, who'd get the ball? Who'd be the primary ball handler? And then you got guys like Eric Gordon. I mean, he's showing up. Clint Capella a couple of years ago wasn't much. Like, P.J. Tucker, Trevor Reza. Not a lot of guys who can really be, like, if you look at the Warriors and who they have and compare it, this shouldn't be a team that's doing as good as the Rockets are doing. But it's because of and I'm never going to count out Chris Paul, but really, it's because of James Harden and what he's done with this team. He doesn't have to bring them to the finals. He's brought them far enough for him to have an MVP season. Interesting. Well, because this team was constructed with this with the one goal of beating the Warriors. And, you know, Chris Paul said it in an interview I was watching earlier today as well. He's like, if you're not trying to beat the, the Warriors, then who are you trying to beat? Because they're exactly. the world champs. They're the, the standard to beat right now. But... I wonder what what could be next for this team if after putting all these pieces together to beat the Warriors and they fail, is it something that we we see for the next few seasons to come, like this being a new rivalry within the West and something, or do we... No, I can or, see it. Yeah. It just depends what the Rockets do. It depends if they try to go get better. I mean, it's kind of hard. looking at this as like... It's own, like, final series, yes. you know what I mean? but it feels like it's own final series. It does. I mean, unless it's another... Ca- this Cavs team, we'll get into it in a bit, but this yeah. Cavs team is not getting past this Warriors team if that happens. But I agree. this seems like it's own finals, and everyone thought this Rockets team would be able to compete, and I definitely think they still can compete. But next season, I mean, they can try to get better. You can try to add one more piece, but they already have. they already have, it seems like, enough like superstar pieces you can't really with like the cap they're under add well people argue that they can um try to make a play for lebron yeah but yeah i don't think lebron wants to do that i mean i'm definitely not in lebron's head i definitely did not foresee him going i mean i was young at the time but going to miami over cleveland i know he wasn't happy and i know he's not happy now and it kind of feels like that same situation but i just I just, there's something in me that doesn't seem going to Houston. And I think what Houston needs to do is either say, all right, we're just going to keep, like, biting at the Warriors' heels, be right there, like, try to get past them, maybe catch them at a low point. Or they're going to say, like a lot of teams have done, 
let's just tear down. And I really don't think they're going to tear down, but I mean, you got to look at the Thunder. You got to imagine they're going to tear down eventually. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what moves are made in the offseason for the Thunder because they kind of collapsed in this postseason, but failed experiment. That's later. Failed experiment. Um, well, going into game four, um, like I said, I predict another big win mm-hmm. for the Warriors. Me too. I see them tightening up on what worked this game and and now that Curry's going, finding ways to keep him open um, and give him space to make shots and just keep oh, yeah, no, me too. his offense. It doesn't make sense to say that the Rock the Rockets will win another game in the Bay Area. I mean they're not. They're not gonna take another one in Oakland. It's just too hard of a home court. It's I mean they have before and they, they did I mean, on the opener so Yeah, but I mean the playoff home court advantage for the Warriors is re- it really shows why home court is so important in the playoffs. Right. And especially especially there. It's one of the loudest NBA stadiums, I think, this year. In the last couple of years, it's really a great atmosphere, especially if you're rooting for the home team. Yeah. And, like, most of the fans are. It's how sports work. But they, they just have... It's just too much. I mean, I think the Rockets could possibly take another one or... Well, two at home would mean they win the series. They could probably take another one at home, but... This next game's going to the Warriors. I'm going to say it right now. And if the Rockets prove me wrong, Chris Paul's proved me wrong before. So go ahead and do it again. <laughs> All right. Well, before we start talking about this um, Cavs-Celtics series, I do want to take a minute out to talk to you guys about our AfterBuzz TV founder, Maria, Manus- M- Maria Menounos. I love her. Maria Menounos' podcast called Conversations with Maria Menounos. Um, it drops every Friday on iTunes, and it features celebrity and influencer guests, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career and relationships, finances, and everything in between. Maria is your go-to gal. Uh, just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria Menunos. It's free. Be sure to rate and comment. And when you do, let her know that the NBA Weekly Squad sent you. Um, she'll be happy to know that you guys are listening from this channel. So uh, be sure to check it out. Rate it. Like it. Subscribe. Conversations with Maria Menunos Podcast Edition. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah, for sure. But let's check out this Cavs-Celtics game. Um Really, game two and game three, we're mm-hmm. kind of comparing the two. Uh, game three, the, the Cavs finally took a win, one sixteen to eighty six. Oh yeah, no, it was just, it's just LeBron getting his teammates involved. I mean, if you look at the stats of that game, pull them up right here. Yeah, on every most of the starters on Cleveland, they didn't score a lot, but they were all in double figures. They were all scoring double digit points, and when that happens, it's I mean, LeBron dropped what, like twenty seven. When that happens, it's. LeBron getting his teammates involved, and when he can actually get production out of his team, because you know it's him. You know it's him getting his teammates involved. He runs He's that team. He's a great team. passer as Don't well. tell me you're going to have an argument with Evan when he comes back next week that LeBron doesn't run that team. He <laughs> runs that team. But when he gets those other guys involved, like I know like a George Hill and a Jordan Clarkson, a Larry Nance, especially Kevin Love and like Tristan Thompson— that's well, yeah. when they win games. Well, so, yeah, it was really about uh, Jr. and Kyle Korver this last game too, getting going. Mm-hmm. Um, and guys like George Hill, I just seeing Game Three. What stuck out to me immediately was just the overall effort. Um, you know, Cavs have been known for just standing around on defense and not really moving the ball on either end of the court, really. And to see them just 
kind of flying around. They kind of use that that terminology too in post game interviews, just flying around the court, really giving them that extra effort, taking those extra passes, getting everybody touches so that everyone can get in rhythm, so that it's not just LeBron. And it showed what that they got it the definitely, win. No, it definitely showed. I mean, if you look at the the highest scorer on the Celtics was Jason Tatum with eighteen. Eighteen was the highest scorer. Yeah, you're not going to win a game. That's no. That's like called that. defense right there. Yeah. That's playing good defense, and that's overall team defense. Because the next highest scorer was Terry Rozier with 13, and then Jalen Brown had 10. It's not It's not enough, and it's because of that Cavs defense that finally has showed up. I mean, even I, – I agree with you there, but I think also don't forget, like, the Celtics are a bad road team. They, their away, um, away record mm-hmm. is 28 and 13. Versus their home record of fifty five and twenty seven, you know, so they're they're definitely more comfortable at home. And I knew being in the Cavs' wheelhouse for this game, with the Cavs desperately needing a win, like those guys who we we've seen put up really amazing game one and game twos, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, and everybody on the Celtics, they didn't have that great of a game this this go around. Yeah, it's just it's this idea of experience. When you have more down to that, when you have more experience in this league, and that's why you see a lot of veterans doing good in the playoffs, you tend to do better in these situational games, like on the road, or maybe it's a pivotal game three that could change the way the series goes. Because you know, if the Cavs, if the Celtics went up 0-3, well, you know, I could have stayed with that. So the Cavs went down 0-3. You know, <laughs> you you would have known that it would the series would have been over by then. No team's ever come back from that, and I don't think. I mean, it's LeBron, but I don't think he would have done that, especially with this team at home. Okay, well, let me ask you something about this series in general. Go for it. Like, I mean, now that they've gotten a win, I mean, I we already said it before the show that I was saying Cavs in seven. I think we kind of agreed. Mm-hmm. If for some reason they don't come out of the East, is it? do you think it's a bigger knock on LeBron's legacy that he didn't even make it to the finals this year versus if he does make it and lose to the Warriors <sighs> again? It's so hard to say because all this LeBron legacy nonsense about like, oh, he's not going to make it to the finals this year. I mean, that could really hurt him. Look, LeBron James has made it to the finals, what, the last like 1,500 years? He's been there playing teams like the Spurs, the Mavericks, the Warriors. That's it, right? Spurs, Mavericks, Warriors? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I mean, it's been Spurs. Spurs. No, not, no. Back then, that's a couple years ago, Greg Popovich. It's been Warriors-Cavs three years in a row. And, I mean, he's taken one of those series. I mean, that was an amazing series by him, a great performance to come back down from that, uh, I'm going to say it, you're going to hate that I'm going to say it, but that 3-1 lead that the Warriors had in blue. It's okay. We, we blew <laughs> one two to the Rockets. I know how it feels. Like, right. It wasn't the finals, but it was kind of like, like our finals. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of salty Clippers fans out there. But... LeBron, he does it every single year. No matter what team, it feels like he can take them. He can take a Heat team with a Dwayne Wade he's just playing with for the first time and a Chris Bosh he's just playing with for the first time. Or he can take this Cavs team. I mean, I would have said without Kyrie, he hasn't done it yet, but you feel like he can. He can take him with like a young Kyrie trying to like stretch his legs a little bit and here comes LeBron to take over the team. And he just says, all right, Kyrie, I'm going to make you into more of an elite player and we're going like, to go to the finals. I don't think it hurts his legacy at all. Yeah, you can say, oh, okay, he didn't make it to the finals, but, but I, he made it, he's made it to the finals so much that it, I feel like his, leg, his, his legacy 
I'm getting so heated, I can't even say words anymore. <laughs> His legacy's already, like, set in stone. Unless he does something amazing, it can only go up from here. Really. Interesting. Okay, really. I mean, I respect your take. You I think? bring that up. Um, this was a question actually asked to me by Josh Rodriguez on his really? podcast that I was on this week, the Dime Podcast. Shout out to Josh Rodriguez. I see you in the chat. Um, and we were just talking about that because I was saying that I think it would be more of a knock on LeBron's legacy for him to get to the finals and lose to, and the, lose Warriors to the Warriors again mm-hmm. versus if he doesn't make it out of the East this season just because I feel like they would the narrative would still support that oh well we can't even count that year like looking back on it later i think people be like well he didn't make it to the finals that year so we're not going to count that they're only going to look at the fact that he if he made it to the finals and then lost i think is just a bigger knock on him because people always throw out his finals record when comparing him to um i guess to jordan but no i no i see that i definitely see that but i, I think... feel like he would just get more of a pass like people It'll be, it'll be... Especially because this is a, such an awful supporting cast that he has right so now, terrible. too. That's why I think, like, he would get a little more leeway for it, but, I mean, we don't... People we don't aren't know. even ignoring it anymore. Like, they know it's terrible. Yeah. Even LeBron knew it was terrible, so we just cleared house and got an even more terrible team. Well, I'm sure he didn't expect for it to play out that way. No. Um, oh, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> you're all right, buddy. You're doing so, good in L.A., I, I think. I mean, you're probably gone by now, but... Like you'll you'll be fine. Um, sh- wow, I'm checking in on the live chat. It seems this people are talking about Kyrie now. Um, Kyrie, what are your thoughts on the fact that? I mean, there's just been a lot of talk in the the sports media world about the fact that like the Cavs and the Celtics, both Kyrie's current and former team, mm-hmm. are both now um, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Without him having any real effect on that, having not played this season, and if that's like yeah. an indictment on him or what that says about him yeah. and his role, <laughs> it just it feels like the Cavs. I mean, God, I keep doing that. The Celtics they they didn't need Kyrie; they just needed Kyrie to not be on the Cavs. <laughs> I mean, Kyrie Irving is an amazing player. He, I mean, he, he's hit really clutch shots in his career. He's got some of the best dribble moves and handles I've seen in a long time. Reminds me a lot of AI, really, who's one of my all-time favorites. But I just think it's Brad Stevens, and it's amazing play by this young Celtics team. I mean, I said the whole thing about experience, but when you're at home and you feel really in your element, that's where a young team thrives, and Brad Stevens has used that team so well. Mm -hmm. He's taken all the pieces he had to, and Terry Rozier has stepped up in these playoffs. I mean, I know he scored 13 last game because the defense was just amazing by the Cavs, but he's really stepped up for an injured Kyrie, and this entire season you you saw Gordon Hayward go down with that gruesome leg injury the first game, and you said, that's it. All right, Celtics next year, I guess. We'll see when he's healthy again. But no, Kyrie said... Absolutely not. Brad Stevens said, all right, come on, Jason Tatum. Come on, not even Terry Rozier yet. Come on, Jalen Brown. Let's go. Let's go, Al Horford. Let's go win some games. And they did. They got all the way to the two seed. I think Kyrie's important, but it does actually show a lot about him, how the Cavs are doing now. I mean, they're still back in the Eastern Conference Finals without him, and how the Celtics are leading the Eastern Conference Finals without him. I mean, he's a great player, but you're right. He doesn't seem as needed as people think. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very curious to see a Celtics team next year with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward back and all the players who stuck out this year. I, I would love to see that full cast return and make a real push in the East because I want to see 
I, I would like to see a Warriors Celtics finals. I'm kind of getting tired of the me too. Warriors Cavs matchup. Like that narrative now to me is just boring. I, I guess because Dub Nation, we've already beat the Cavs twice, so I'm just I'm ready for something new. I, I'm curious to see how the you know the NBA shakes itself up every year and it gets more and more interesting. So there could be a whole different team next year that stands out and makes a push, but. Mm-hmm. For the foreseeable future, I mean, I see the Warriors dominating the NBA for the next few years. Oh, me too. And that's, I mean, that's a whole nother debate with teams. But I'd like to see, I'd like to see the Celtics get in, honestly, because every year, and it gives ammo to the people who are like, oh, the NBA is not entertaining anymore or anything. You say, oh, well, it's the Cavs and the Warriors every single season. And we're like, right. yeah, we know. We're trying to stop it. We can't. LeBron James and Steph Curry and KD are just too good. You want to see something different. You want to give the people who don't usually watch the NBA a chance to actually invest their time into something that's not the same thing they're going to see every single year. Yeah. And not the same series redone with new players. And I mean, look, the second series of the Warriors-Cavs, where you, you know what happened. Right. Where the Cavs won. That was an amazing series. Like, I that mean, was a, it was like basketball goals. It was seven games, and it was do or die. It mm-hmm. was everything. Last I shots. Mean, it hurt, but blocks and stuff it was that was an amazing series to watch but then you got to have it again and the Warriors went in five and I mean they had KD it felt like they were unstoppable even to the best team in the east they went through everyone in the west and then the best team out of the entire other conference came and there's like all right no five you get one a gentleman sweep and they just knocked him out I want to see some I really want to see something different I really I mean a lot of like I kind of do I don't. I don't want to see the Warriors in again. But I do in this case just because I am so... I'm so salty about the Rockets. Listen. I'm sorry. It's okay to say that you want the Warriors to win. I think they're the favorite. And I don't think there's anything wrong with showing them love. I think people are so adamant about hating them. It's okay. It's okay. What am I doing? Please don't tell the others. Anywho. um, we, We really went through these series. I... We'll have more to talk about, I guess, after games four and five. See how things play out um, for both mm-hmm. conference finals. It's going to be look. It's they're two they're two great series. It's just the games are they're just they're really blowouts. Like you want to, I want to see closer games. NBA, Cavs, Celtics, Warriors, Chris Paul, closer games, please. I think the the next at least game four and fives will be closer in both series just because at this point after these first three games different adjustments and lineups have been tested and tried out where I think now both teams are understanding maybe what works and what doesn't and that's what's going to make it Mm -hmm. that much harder now that defensively things have been exposed or you know more of the matchups are are getting easier to figure out yeah Um, no for sure but before we wrap for the night I did want to talk about the uh, 2018 NBA award just because the the finalist list was released this week Um, most valuable player finalists are Anthony Davis James Harden and LeBron James Um, I'm gonna give Harden this one yeah come on now come Um, on we discussed it James Harden's had an amazing season MVP worthy for sure and you could I mean you said it off air you can always make a case for LeBron mm -hmm. but you, the NBA wants to give it to people new. Yeah. And you know he was snubbed last year, you think. I mean, I don't. I think Russ deserved it. I mean, just based on stats and the triple doubles. But Harden definitely was a second, and I think it's his time. I think so, too. I think his season is deserving of it. Oh, for sure. So, um, defensive player of the year, finalist Anthony Davis, Joel Embiid, Rudy Gobert. 
Um, all great choices there. Yeah, I, that's the toughest one. I see AD getting this one just because I I also don't see him getting MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rookie of the Year finalists. We've discussed this and debated oh, this many times this. on our show here. And I'm just gonna just if you forgot, Ben Simmons. All right, Ben Simmons. Remember, remember, Ben Simmons. I'm Team Donovan Mitchell. And the third finalist is Jason Tatum, who we've spoken a lot about he's, tonight on the Boston Celtics. I'm very glad that he's getting some recognition because he also is having an amazing rookie season. And he's almost leading the Celtics. It feels like he's leading the Celtics team in these playoffs. But, I mean, if you're going up against Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell, like, you're not. It's just he's wrong. Any other year. Any other year, he could have had the rookie of the year. But just not this year. Sorry. Well, he also eliminated uh, Ben Simmons. So it's, exactly. And, you know, he's the last rookie standing in either ser- either mm-hmm. conference series. So um, that's something to be said about there. He's had his shine, I guess, later in the playoffs. Uh, Sixth man of the year candidates, Eric Gordon, Fred Van Vliet, Lou Will. I think, I think you're very aware of who I'm about to say. I think I am. Come on but now. I'm going to let you drop it because I Come know on you, now. you rock with Come coordination. On. Come on now. <laughs> Multiple 40-point games off of the bench coming from a legacy of a team that had Jamal Crawford as their sixth man winning the same award coming into a team that just lost Chris Paul. Lou Williams. Sweet Lou. If he doesn't deserve... If he gets snubbed again, because just if you're not aware, he was snubbed in the All-Star game. One, two, three... I want to say about four to one million times. So if he gets snubbed, I'm going to be, like, hurt. So it's definitely... I, I mean, know you're going to be hurt, but to be honest... Love to Eric Gordon, I, but... I see Eric Gordon getting it. Just because of the team? Just, or him? Because of the team. I mean, just because of how far they've gone and his continued role for the Rockets, I think carrying them into this postseason, being a part of that run, I mean, the Raptors and the Clippers are I not. I could see so, it. I, I mean, these, but, are, these are also regular season awards, so I, I have to also yeah. train my mind out of thinking that way. It's just, it's kind of hard to compare them now because we see what they're doing, but... Um, and then the last two awards, most improved player, Clint Capella, Spencer Dinwiddie, Victor Oladipo. I think we both mm-hmm. are, like, in agreement that we, both we know. want Victor Oladipo It's Oladipo. It. Come I just, it's so obvious at this point. This is more a, a obvious. A case could be made for Clint Capella, too, but... Even Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. I think he deserves a lot of respect for what he did. I mean, he's on the Nets, but what he did this season, he went to the skills competition. He actually did good in it. Did he, did he win? I want to feel like I he won. So. No, uh, yeah, he did. Spencer Dinwiddie. Good for you. But he's just had an amazing season, and so is Capella. But Victor, who expected that? That's, the I think, the reason he's going to win is because no one expected Victor Oladipo to do what he did. All right, and then Coach of the Year, Dwayne Casey, Quinn Snyder, Brad Stevens. Every one of these is just so... The irony that Dwayne Casey is not even I, a coach anymore. I want to see him win it, just because he's not a coach. But it's... You want to tell him? You want to tell him who it's going to be? Brad Stevens. Yes. Yeah. For Evan. A huge Brad... Brad, Brad he loves Brad Stevens. Yeah. I mean, I th- everyone in, in the sports media world loves Brad Stevens he's right now, so... So, I think he's just so underrated as a coach that people now are starting to realize what he did with that Celtics team who traded away all... I mean, really, if you think about it, it was a great trade for their future, but they traded away everyone. They lost their coach. They were pretty much down and out, and Brad Stevens came, and now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals without two of their best players. He's just such... He's, he reminds me of Pop so much. 
He yeah. really does. In a lot of ways. And if and if someone reminds me of Pop, then they deserve Coach of the Year. Let me <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, I agree. Um, but we have to wait until what June twenty fifth, I believe. Yeah, after the Warriors um, are crowned champions, then we can after the postseason is over to get these. Um, the results of these awards, and I actually hosted that awards show special last year, wow. and I hope to be doing it again this year. Yeah, or we'll both be there talking about it, and hopefully, you guys will be there to talk about it with us when that time comes. Um, shout out to the live chat. Sorry, I couldn't keep up with you guys. There were some uh, draft lottery talk going on there. Maybe we can talk about that next week. Next week, we'll get into the lottery. We'll talk about how that shook, uh, ended up, and you know, if Phoenix certain teams. Should Don't trade itch. their picks. Yeah, that was there was a lot of talk it's about that. We'll get into it next week. Don't worry. We will we will definitely get into it. But as for this week, that's it. Thanks for hanging with us, guys. Um, until next week, you guys can find me everywhere on social media at Christine Bean. Where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me at uh, David H Bloom on Instagram and Twitter. Now, don't forget about the Euro League champion and the MVP, yes. Luka Doncic. First pick. I'm calling it right here, right now. <laughs> All right, guys. See you next week. See you later. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.